be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God. We find it written in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, the 22nd chapter, the 6th verse. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In Christ Jesus, the Christ of Christian mothers, dear friends, you who are here assembled in God's house this morning, and you also Christian friends who are worshiping with us by means of the radio. I know the sun isn't shining this morning, but I do hope that we are saying this is the day which the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice, we're going to be glad in it, and I hope that all of us are very happy that we have the privilege of worshiping at this time. And as all of us know, today is the second Sunday in May, and in our country, the second Sunday in May is set apart as Mother's Day. And as I notice, a number of you have the privilege of having your mother with you in church this morning. I congratulate you to be sure. The word of God that I just read out of the Old Testament is very appropriate for this day, for Mother's Day. Here we find God speaking and God saying, train up your child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Christian mothers, God is talking to you this morning. God is speaking from his word, and this is what he is saying to you. He's saying, Christian mothers, train up your children in the way in which they should go. Keep instructing them. Keep teaching them. Keep telling them. Don't stop for a moment. Bring them up in the way that they should go. And he's calling to you. He's pleading with you. He is asking you to do this. And you may be rather startled this morning. You may say it's hard to believe that God is calling upon us as Christian mothers that we are to train up our children in the way in which they should go because you may say, God, what good does it do? You may say, I'm completely frustrated in my job as a Christian mother. I am at my wit's end. I'm ready to throw in the towel. What good does it do, God? to train up your children in the way in which they should go. What good does it do to keep teaching them, to keep telling them, to keep indoctrinating them, to keep assuring them that they must grow up in your way? You may say, what good does it do? Where is there any benefit? Where is there any advantage? You and I may say this, and especially you Christian mothers, look out at our country this morning. We're a sick nation. This is America. We've got a tremendous youth problem. And God, you call upon us Christian mothers that we are to train up our children in the way in which they should go. You may say, God, please tell us what good does it do? Is there any benefit in doing it? May I say, Christian mothers, God speaks from his word when he calls to you this morning on this Mother's Day and he says, train up your children the way in which they should go. And God says, here is comforting and here is a cheering promise. Again, he says, if you do so, that when they grow old, when they grow up, God says, they will not depart from that way. They will not turn their backs on that way. 
And you may seriously question whether that promise is true this morning. You may say, God, do you mean to say that if I train up my children or my child in the way in which he should go? Do you mean to say if I keep on teaching him, I keep on instructing him, I keep on telling him in the way in which he should go, that I can trust your promise that there will some good, there will something come out of this a benefit, there will be an advantage that when my child, my children grow up, that they will not turn their backs on this way. God, can I believe that today? As I look out on my country that is grieving, may I assure you that when God says to you, Christian mothers, please continue, keep on training your children the way in which they should go, and that God says, and I give you my word, and here is my promise, that if you do it, that when they grow up, they will not depart from it, you can trust that promise, Christian mothers, because in the first place, God reminds you as Christian mothers that in training your children in the way in which they should go, that this means training them in the way of Jesus Christ. You may well say, what do you mean, train them in the way in which they should go? What about the way? One day, you know, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, God's saying to you Christian mothers this morning, I want you to train up your children and keep at it every day and never stop and teach them and instruct them in the way. I want you to teach them the way of Jesus Christ. In other words, God's calling to you Christian mothers this morning and he's saying, bring your children to me in holy baptism where there is a washing of regeneration and then teach them about Jesus Christ. Tell them the story about God's Son coming into the world. Tell them the Christmas story about the manger child of Bethlehem. Tell them the story about Calvary where Jesus died for the sins of the world. Tell them the story about Easter where Jesus arose from the dead. Tell them the story about his ascension when he returned to heaven and tell them to talk to him. Let them pray to him. Let them have communion with him. And God promises if you'll do that, if you will see to it and keep on training and instructing your children in that way, God says, they, when they grow up, they'll not turn their backs on that way. Why? Because you Christian mothers will be developing in them an early habit. You will be making it their second nature. You will be making it as natural as breathing in their lives that there will be a daily and a frequent communion with Jesus Christ. Christian mothers, when you train your children in the way, you are developing habits. And I know that so often we use that word habit in an evil sense, and we talk about evil habits. But may I assure you, there is such a thing as a good habit, that every time you teach your child in the way of Jesus Christ, you are putting holy grooves in the soul of your child. They are holy grooves. You are making a path. You are making a groove in that child's heart, in his soul, in his mind, so that it becomes a second nature in his life. It becomes as natural as breathing that every day there is a frequent communion and a fellowship and a talking with Jesus. When you teach your child the way of Jesus Christ and how to pray and those infant prayers, you have developed a habit. You have developed early in life that it becomes a second nature that your child is led to talk to that Jesus every day. There was a little boy, Daniel, and you recall the story that when Nebuchadnezzar came and he described the southern kingdom of Judah and he carried many of the Jews into Babylonian captivity, that there was a little boy that went along. His name was Daniel. And he went down into the land here of Babylon where the heathen lived. But that boy grew up to be a man, and we are told that every day 
there were three times when he prayed. He opened the window of his home and he looked westward to Jerusalem and three times every day he had communion with his God. Why? Because he must have had a wonderful mother. She put some holy grooves in that boy's soul and there were habits. It was a second nature to Daniel. Three times every day he had been taught by his mother that he was to pray to his God and he prayed to his God. Your child isn't likely to turn his back on the way, Christian mother, when you have started to train him in the way, when you have begun and every day you teach him and you instruct him in the way of Jesus Christ, you have made holy grooves in his soul. You have developed habit early in life. You have, again, in those holy grooves, you have made it second nature in his life to talk to Jesus Christ. And therefore on this Mother's Day with a sick nation and a mourning nation, I call on you Christian mothers to heed God's call. And God says, train up your children in the way in which they should go. Keep at it. Do it every day. Keep on instructing. Keep on teaching them. And when you will realize, say, I will do that, then you will determine to start today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Start today. And I know there are so many sophisticated mothers of the 20th century, and some of them tell me, I'm broad-minded. I'm going to let my child grow up. And then I'm going to let my child choose for himself. As though that's something so noble. And that is something so wonderful of motherhood. I'd like to ask you a question straight from my heart to yours. Listen, Christian mother, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven? Do you believe that only because he came into the world and died on the cross and bore our guilt and punishment, that only in him there is life and salvation, that apart from him a soul is damned? Do you believe it? Do you believe that there is none other name under heaven whereby we must be saved? Then I ask you how sophisticated you may be. Do you mean to tell me that you're going to wait till your child can choose? If you're going to wait, there's only one reason. You aren't sure. But if you're sure, you're going to start in early. And you're going to train. You're going to instruct every day. Do you believe in the multiplication table? Do you believe that ten times nine equals ninety? Do you believe that nine times nine equals eighty-one? Do you believe that two times two equals four? Do you raise your child and say you can grow up and you can have any kind of a multiplication table you want? Of course not. Do you believe that C-A-T spells cat? Sure you do. Do you let your child grow up and say, I'll let you choose when you grow up the way you're going to spell cat? You don't do it with the multiplication table and you don't do it with spelling. Then I ask you, pray God. Why are some of you doing it with the eternal souls of your children when there's only one way to heaven? Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You are God's proxies in the home. You're there first. Yours is the greatest role in the world. Oh, it may be a cliché that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, as the kids sang this morning, but it's still true. You're the greatest teacher your child will ever have. And God has made children in such a way that they are open, that they love, that there's an attraction for spiritual things. They love to hear about Jesus. They believe everything you tell them. They want to hear a story. They're never filled. Tell me a story, Mother. Tell me a story, Dad, about Jesus. Yours is the joy today, then, that if you're going to heed God and God's going to say, and he does say to you, again, train up your children in the way in which they should go. 
play your role well. It's tremendous, it's magnificent, it's the greatest role in the world. You are standing there as the visible presence of Jesus Christ. No less than that, Christian mother. Today on Mother's Day, we may say, what's God saying? And God is saying to you, Christian mothers, train up your children in the way in which they should go. Train them, bring them up. Keep teaching them, keep instructing them, keep telling them. You may say, oh, how can God ask that? You may say, does it do any good? Is there any benefit going to come from this? What advantage is there as you and I look out on our world and our nation this morning? And God says, here is cheering good news and a promise. If you do, God says, when they grow up and get older, they'll not turn their backs on the way. And you can say again, God, can I trust that promise? And God assures you that you can or God wouldn't have made it because God reminds you, Christian mothers, in the second place, that again, in bringing up your children, in training them in this way of God, that it means this, to train them in the way of obedience to you. In plain language, you may say to me this, well, what does God mean to train up my children in his way? You know what his way is? His way is that you train your boy or girl to do what you tell them to do because you have told them what to do. God says, this is my way that you train your child to mind you, that you train your child to do what you tell your child to do, to obey you, to be obedient to you. Did you know that? Why is it in the list of the commandments, in the first commandment of the second table, that has to do with our relationships with one another, the first one, or the fourth commandment, thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother. What does God say to children? God says, you honor your father and your mother. You obey them. And God says, this is my way, parents, that your children obey you. And as Christian parents, you aren't going to tell your children to do something that is wrong. But God says, you stand as my proxy in your home. And I want you to demand obedience. That a child be punished that doesn't obey. God says, you stand there in my presence that your child shall honor you, obey you, mind you, do what you tell that child to do. You may say, well, if I do that and I demand obedience, when my child grows up, will he ever turn his back? And God says, you have every likelihood that he won't because what are you doing? You are making holy grooves on the soul of that child of yours. Holy indentations. They're holy. They are wonderful. You are building a habit in your child early in life. You are building a second nature. You are making it as natural for that child as it is for that child to breathe, to obey authority. That means to have power in times of danger and in times of temptation. Where is a child going to learn obedience to authority if the child doesn't learn it from you, Christian mother? Obedience to authority, that when the child comes to Sunday school, it knows how to mind. But when the child comes to church, it knows how to mind. When the child goes to school, it knows how to obey authority. When the child grows up that it knows how to obey the authority of the city, of the state, of the nation. When there is obedience to authority in its second nature, then, then a child has again a power against danger. Where would we be without good habits, without holy grooves on your soul and mind? 
It is said of a man who lived by a large railroad yard. He took his walk every day, but as he started every day, he would begin by making sure that in the various sets of tracks that he didn't walk in between, in the middle of a set of tracks, but he would walk alongside of a set of tracks. And he tells us that one day as he was deep in thought, walking along, he suddenly looked up and here was a train coming very, very fast toward him. And he looked to the back and another one was coming from the rear. And he didn't know what to do and he had no time to jump. And then he said to himself, I have always made it the habit that when I have started out, I never walk in between or in the middle of a set of tracks, but alongside. So he stood still, never moved. This was his habit. And the train went by on one side and went by on the other and he stood and he was unhurt. Because... There was a groove that he had always followed. He never walked in the middle of a set of tracks, but he always walked alongside. Where would you and I get power against temptation if our parents hadn't put some grooves, holy grooves, on your mind and mine? When I was in Egypt, I thought of Joseph. Joseph in Egypt, yes, living down in that strange land in the home of Potiphar, there was Potiphar's wife who was trying to get him to sin with her. How does it come that when she kept it up and kept it up that he could say, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Why? Because he had a mother. He had a mother that taught him obedience. There were holy grooves in that boy's mind and soul. When he was tempted, there was power. The answer was no, because he had been trained to obey. That mother, Rachel, she didn't live very long, but she was a good mother because she certainly put out a good product. Joseph, power and temptation. Christian mothers today, it ought to mean this, that when God calls and God says, train up your children in the way in which they should go, and you say, oh God, how can you ask that? I'm so frustrated, I feel like thrown in the towel. I feel like it's all for nothing, it's for naught, it doesn't do any good. And God says, but when, if you do it, or when your child grows older, he'll not depart. When you can believe that, Christian mothers, then you ought to determine today to make sure that you're given an example in the home. If anybody would have told me a year ago that I'd ever see the day that over 200 colleges and universities in this land that you and I love would be closed, I wouldn't have believed it. Would you? When you and I go up to Kent State and we see a picture of four college kids lying on the ground dead, you and I say to ourselves, I can hardly believe it. Whose kids are these? Did you ever ask yourself that? Oh, I mean, speaking large, they're your kids and my kids. That's who they are. What kind of an example? Christian mothers, are you in your home on obedience? What about the right to protest? Oh, yes, to be sure. But when the right to protest means violence, breaking of laws, burning buildings, destruction of property, then you and I stand today in this land that we love and we say, why? We look at ourselves and we say, those kids came out of homes. Those kids have got mothers. You're mothers. They've got fathers. What's happened? When we were in the Holy Land and we were in Europe, 
Any little thing that happened in our country was front page news in the newspapers. And you can rest assured that all over the world there will be at least one picture, the one lad lying on the ground and the cord standing there in horror when she saw him dead. That picture will go around the world. And the world will say, what's wrong with America? And I'm asking ourselves this morning, what's wrong with us? What kind of an example in obedience? Of all the Ten Commandments, there's only one that's got a promise, and this is one. It means much of God. God says that if all things are equal, I'll let you live longer. The Christians, children who learn obedience, God says they live longer. That means that much to God, doesn't it? We say, what's wrong? How is it in your home? How is it in my home? What about obedience to authority? Just last week I stood right out in front of this church and here was a man, a professional man here in the city, not a member of this church, standing there talking to me. He was talking about, what are we headed for? I don't know. I was glad to hear the president the other night say, when he was asked, are we heading for revolution? And he said, no, because there is no repression. I hope he's right. But I had a man stand out here who spends his life in the vocation of youth. And he asked me the question, where are we going in this land? What are we going to do when there is a lack of obedience, when there is a taking of the sword, when there is violence? Then he pointed to the church and he said, Reverend Allison, there's the answer. There's the only answer. I wonder if you mothers know that. The only answer to the wounds in this nation is Jesus Christ. That's the answer. And when you Christian mothers are training your kids, in the way in which they should go. You're doing something. Don't you ever figure for a moment that you aren't accomplishing something. Don't throw in the sponge. Don't say, what good does it do? Don't be frustrated. You're where the action is. You're doing something. This is Mother's Day, and God speaks to you from his word, and God says, listen, Christian mothers, he says, train up your children in the way in which they should go. Train them, keep training them, keep indoctrinating, keep teaching them, keep telling them, don't stop, just keep it up. And you may say, what good does it do? I'm so frustrated. I feel, oh, I, I want to throw in the sponge. I'm done. I want to call it quit. I don't see that it does any good. And God says, but if you do, I promise you that when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Why? This promise is true because God also reminds you of that bringing them up in this way in which you, they should go. It means this. It means to bring them up in the way of love for others, love for their fellow men. What is the way of God? What does God want you to do? Jesus said one day, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. What is God's way, Christian mothers? That you train your children, that you start in, that you begin to tell them that they are to love all men, regardless of the color of a man's skin, regardless of his previous race, regardless of his nationality, regardless of his social status, regardless whether he is rich or poor, that every man is important, that every man, that every boy, that every girl is precious in the sight of God because Christ died for every child, and that your child shall learn that he is to love every child because every child is important and precious. And what are you doing? You are building holy grooves on that child's soul. You're building early habits. You are building, again, something that is 
second to nature, as William James says, that habit is ten times nature. You're building something into that child that is so natural as breathing that that child grows up and that child has an attitude, a spirit of love and concern with action toward others. That the child grows up and says, these other children deserve the same things that I have. They deserve a right to make a living. They deserve a decent home. They deserve a decent job. They deserve to be able to develop themselves. They deserve to have these things. And I shall not hoard these things in selfishness for myself, but I shall not be a miser and say, the other man can't have it, and only I can have it. Jesus Christ grew up and he went about doing good, didn't he? And he said, these are my brethren. And he talked about it. He said, when you see somebody hungry, he says, give him some deed. When you see that he's thirsty, give him a glass of water. When you see that he doesn't have any clothes, put some of yours on him. When he's a stranger, take him in. And when he's sick, go see him. And when he's in jail, be sure and visit him. You know, he had a good mother too, didn't he? Mary was a good mother. She trained that lad to love all men. Again, there were grooves, holy grooves on his soul. There was a concern. There was a concern that showed itself in deeds and actions. For other boys and girls, he had a good mother. But you may say to me this morning, I have tried as a Christian mother. I have tried to train my children the way in which they should go. I have done everything in God's world that I might train them in the way of Jesus Christ, train them in obedience to me, train them to love their fellow men. You may say, is this an absolute promise that it has no exceptions, does it always follow that when the child grows up he will not turn away? And may I say to you, no, Christian mother, this is not an absolute promise because there are other parts of the Word of God that tell us that every child has a will of his own. He can make a choice. And therefore it doesn't follow absolutely that when you have done a good job as a Christian mother, when you have brought up and trained your child and taught your child and indoctrinated your child in the way of God and the way it should go, it may still be possible that your child, when he grows up, will turn his back on the way. But again, may you challenge yourself to win the will of your child. You may say, how do you win the will of your child? You don't do it by force, never. You never do it by force. There's another cliche that says, convince a man against his will. He is of the same opinion still. You convince a child against its will. That kid is still of the same opinion still. You don't win your child by force. There's only one way that you win the will of your child, Christian mothers, and that's by love. That's the only way. I'd like to ask you this morning, when did you kiss your child last? When did you put your arms around your child and say, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. You mean more than life or death to me. How long has it been that you showed love in your home? Maybe you got obedience by force, but did you love? When did you last tell your child that you loved him? The story is told about a wealthy woman that went to a children's home one day to adopt a boy because the home was childless. A young lad about five years old was brought in front of her. And he looked up and he was a sharp, nice-looking boy, and she looked at him and said, How would you like to come and live at my house? 
She said, oh, I have a beautiful home. You will have a private room all to yourself. We have a large lawn and you can go out and play and we'll get you a pony so that you can ride a pony and we'll get you a bicycle and we will take trips in the country whenever we can and when school's out we'll get on a big ship and we'll go to Europe and we'll see some of the foreign lands. Then the little lad looked up at her and there were tears in his eyes and he said, but will you love me? Will you love me? Does your child look at you today and say, Will you love me? Do you love me? Oh, Christian mothers, you got to love them to heaven. You just got to love and love and love them to heaven. And then, if they should turn their backs, then you won't have to cruelly criticize and blame yourself. But you'll keep on praying. You'll keep on hoping. There was a mother. Her name was Monica. She raised the boy. She did everything in God's world for that boy. Raising him, training him, teaching him daily in the way of God. And he turned his back. In spite of the love that she had given him. Forty years. He went away. But she prayed for forty years. And she treated him in love. And after 40 years out in the world, he, he came back. His name was Augustine. And he became known in the Christian church as Saint Augustine. One of the great pillars in the Christian church. Because he had a mother, Monica, who never gave up. She prayed, she loved. 40 years. And he came back. He's the one that is quoted so often who said... The soul is restless until it finds rest in thee, O Christ. There isn't anything wrong with this nation of yours and mine that we love, but Christian mothers, you've got the answer. Don't give up. Train. Pray. Bring up your child in the way. Teach it every day. Don't stop. God says, Please do. When your child grows up, he will not depart from it. Oh, walk the glory road today, and in love let your prayer be. Bless this house, O oh Lord, today. Make it safe by night and day. And may you have a happy, blessed Mother's Day. Amen. The peace of God, which passeth all human understanding, keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.